Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Our message today, Can God Trust Us? And the text is from Numbers, the 12th chapter, the first through the seventh verses. Now, verse 7 is really my focus, but I'm going to read the whole part of this just to give you some context. Verse 1, Miriam and Aaron began to talk about Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Verse 4, At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Verse 7, But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all of my house. Now, this is a story that you don't hear that often from the pulpit. Aaron and Miriam are complaining about Moses. They've had enough. The problem isn't just about his choice for a bride. They're fed up with Moses getting all the credit for leading the people of Israel. Hadn't God spoken through each of them? Aaron had been chosen as Moses' spokesperson. He would often speak when Moses couldn't. And Miriam, of course, saved Moses' life when he was a baby. This prophetess and this priest were both important leaders. Why should Moses get all the attention? Moses was used to criticism from his people. The Israelites started grumbling and murmuring as soon as they set out for the promised land. But this rebellion was different. It was personal. Miriam and Aaron are both family. Now, you may think of Aaron and Miriam as simply harmlessly blowing off steam, but apparently God does not look at it that way. Because God does not like what he's hearing. And so he sets the record straight. I speak to ordinary prophets. I reveal myself to them in visions. I come to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. The New Living Translation reads, Of all of my house, of all of Israel, Moses is the one I trust. In other words, I treat Moses differently because I trust Moses. Most often we approach trust as if it's solely our burden. We need to trust God. We need to grow in our trust to God. But there is another angle to this value, God's trust in us. Ask yourself, can God trust you like he trusted Moses? Are you confident in this moment that that God can depend on you? Trust, that dependability, that reliability, that faithfulness. Now let's look deeper at Moses' example. Moses was arguably Israel's greatest leader. He set the exodus in motion. He was a prophet. 
Oh, you know the stories. You've seen the movies. He was, he was a lawgiver. He recorded the Ten Commandments, and he's credited with the first five books of the Bible. Moses was a mighty man of God, a man with great sense of justice. He exhibited so many characteristics of a great leader, but, but now he had some flaws. Remember, he killed a man, and then he ran and hid, not taking responsibility for his actions. He was insecure because he had a speech impediment. He disobeyed God. He didn't make it into the promised land because of his disobedience, as a matter of fact. So how could God trust Moses so? Perhaps the most important clue in this text is written in verse 3. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. When you first read this, you see it as an explanation as to why Moses didn't respond to the complaints of Miriam and Aaron. We know Moses had a hot temper when he first brought the Ten Commandments down from the mountain and found the people worshiping idols. He got so mad he threw the tablets down and they broke. So he wasn't a man who was afraid to show anger. But if you look closely at verse 3, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. You, you have to go back into his life to understand this humility. Remember, Moses was a child of God from the very beginning. He was born to Jewish slaves living in Egypt. His mother put him in a basket in the Nile to save his life. He was raised in the Pharaoh's house, and eventually he became the prince of Egypt. And he lived a life of royalty, but he was always aware of his humble roots. Now, he did struggle with who he was as a child of God. He became comfortable in that life, and with comfort sometimes comes arrogance. One day he saw that Egyptian slave master beating an Israelite slave, and Moses knew it was wrong, but in his arrogance he took justice into his own hands and killed the slave master. He was forced to flee for his life and ended up in the desert with nothing. Humility may come easily for some people, but most of us have to learn it, and it can be a difficult lesson. We may have to lose something in order to earn humility. And, and many of us have the wrong idea about humility. We think it means groveling in front of others or being passive or a doormat, but that is not at all what God has in mind. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on Giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on Giving. Thank you. God bless you. The Bible does not define meekness as weakness. The Bible defines humility as a strength. It's an attribute, something to which we must aspire. Meekness in the Bible, is a lowliness of spirit. Proverbs 16, 19, It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoils with the proud. Now, what exactly is a lowliness of spirit? It's a mindset that recognizes the inadequacy of self-interest, that lifts the other up. Most importantly, it is the, the spirit that we adopt that comes from Christ. Who, Philippians 2, 6, 7, though he was God, did not think equality with God was something to cling to, but instead gave up divine privilege and, and took the humble position of a servant. Lowliness of spirit is a spirit that yields to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ sets the model. He sets the tone. The spiritual process, this growth of learning to be comfortable with who you are in Christ, takes in this notion of humility.
I am nothing by myself, but in Christ I can do anything. And God will honor that. So don't ever think of humility as weakness, because it really is about strength. And then the trust part comes in, 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and in due time, he will lift you up. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and in due time, he will lift you up. Now, how he chooses to lift you up and when he chooses to lift you up, it's up to God. But you have that promise. Psalm 25, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. And God answers the prayers of the humble. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Look at all the promises that God gives those who are humble. So there was nothing perfect about Moses, but in his humility, he gave God a lot of room to work. He gave God a lot of room. And he had to get to this point of humility because he acted on behalf of the Israelites that first time. He was working on his own. He killed the slave master and forced, was forced to flee for his life. But when Moses became humble to God, God showed him the way to free two million slaves and change the history of all mankind. Think about that. When he acted on his own, he could only do so much. But when he acted in the power of God, he was unstoppable. So how did Moses increase his humility? Well, he increased his knowledge of God. Moses found that time to get alone with God. That's what happened when he saw that burning bush. The more time you spend with God, the more you learn to let go of anything that is not God. Moses was in line to be Pharaoh when God called him to free his people. So he had to let go of a lot to get where God wanted him to go. Letting go is difficult, but the more we let go, the more we earn the trust of God. The key to letting go, of course, is to refuse to take ownership of whatever the object or subject is in the first place. Treat it or him or her as if she belongs to God. When we live in the reality that every good and perfect gift is from above, then we are walking in truth. We are humbly walking in truth. We are being faithful, earning the trust of God. Growing until you reach the point where you feel like you're absolutely where you're supposed to be when there is nothing between God and you. No, that doesn't make you perfect, but it makes you closer to God. This faithfulness to God is not just for today or for five years from now. Faithfulness is an eternal value. That is what Jesus was teaching when he said, God is giving us a few things over which to be faithful now in order to prepare us for eternity. When we want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I'm going to put you in charge of many. Now, I don't think that's just eternity. I think that that, that comes up in life. When you start out with something good and you, and you know you've got it, you, you might lose it. But if you start out with a humble spirit, God can take you anywhere. Because with all things, God can do anything. The thing over which God has given us control is important, but they pass away. But what will remain is our relationship with God. And that's how we enter this eternal joy of the Lord. This is the reward that only comes through God's trust in us. 
So some of this is is right now in the land of the living, and some of this is eternity, but all of this is good. Can God trust you? Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign.